trying to do better. We weren't on the on the verge of, uh, of perfection. While we were yet helpless and hopeless in our willfulness, God intervened. See, people sometimes ask that question when they see calamities of life. You know, uh, God hadn't promised uh, us freedom from the adversities and the tragedies and the horrors of the world. And when those things come in life, people often raise the question, naturally, really, where is God in all this? Well, the answer is real clear. God's always right where he's always been. He's right here with the answer. You see, God has already intervened in your behalf. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Right there in our need... Christ died for us. He did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He dealt with our sin problem. He dealt with the real issue. That's why the only place for real security and real peace is in trusting the God of the Bible. There's not another God like him. (laughs) No one else can answer the real problem. No one else can handle the real issue for me. What's the real issue? Bob Jones used to say, no doubt the trouble is with me. (laughs) Paul said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what your real problem is? You can change your circumstances, but when you go to the new circumstances, you know what you do in the new circumstances? You screw them up bad as the old ones. The problem's with you. The problem is a sin question, a a sin problem inside. That middle letter of the word sin, that's the problem. And religion can't help you. Religion can give you some things to do to try to get past God's judgment. But the problem is, you don't do them, do you? But God our Savior, what a title that is. God our Savior has provided the answer for sin for everyone that will trust him. Oh, what a comfort to be able to rest in his love and grace to us in Christ. And, and, and to, to rest in the sure hope through grace that we have in Christ, and to stand on the firm foundation of the Word of the living God. We've been looking in our studies together for the past several weeks. In fact, this will be a couple of months we've been doing this. We're, we're looking now at the very last one of, the, of a series of, 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 uh, of verses where the Apostle Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. You see, Paul understood that the Christian life would not operate on the basis of ignorance of God's Word and what God is doing. He knew that we needed to stand on that firm foundation of what God has said and what God's will is, and to trust the God of the Bible and to trust His Word to us. I would not have you to be ignorant, brother. Six times Paul says that, about six specific areas of uh, of understanding that... They're not the fundamentals of the faith. You know, they're not the essential Christian doctrines. Uh, the people that he's writing to, are, they're already, they already got those things. They're already believers. Paul's focusing on things that, that, that you have to keep in your frame of reference in order for your Christian life to function on a daily basis the way God designed it to function. There are some areas that Paul identifies, and, and in fact, in every one of the places where he does this, there is, in the context, uh, some of the issues of the satanic policy of evil aimed at the believer today, seeking to, to thwart 
and to frustrate God's working in your life, to frustrate the grace of God in your life. And Paul knew that if you were going to be able to withstand the, 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 the wiles, the tricks, the schemes, the strategy, the sleight of, uh, of hand and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, if you were going to defeat the adversary in these areas, then you needed to be intelligized, aware of what's going on. And these six specific areas are, are very vital to the, the believer's understanding and stability so you can handle life uh, on a daily basis for God's glory. Now, we're looking at, this, at the very last one of these today. First Thessalonians 4.13, Paul said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, we've seen that this has to do with, 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 with death and with our Lord's coming. And it's very important that we understand that, uh, that the, the, these issues, because this is the, the end of life as we know it on this planet, but life doesn't end with death. It isn't the end. There, there's, uh, there's life beyond that. It goes on forever. Uh, there's a, there, there's, there's uh, uh, the Lord's coming, and when he comes, first he returns personally. We, we already looked at that. And then there's a resurrection. Uh, the Lord himself should descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. You see, that's the Lord's return. He returns personally for you and for me. And he returns as a conquering hero. The shout, that's the victory shout over death, hell, and the grave. He, he comes as our conqueror, our conquering hero. With the voice of the archangel, there's, the, there's all the armies of God come to escort him and us. There's this great entourage to take us back into the third heaven. And with the trump of God, this event will conclude the dispensation of grace and will reorient all of God's dealings with the whole universe back to the prophetic program. And the day of the wrath of God, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, the day of the outpouring of his wrath, the day when he alone is exalted, begins with this event, and thus the, the trump of God. Now, for you and me as a believer, if you're saved today, you remember the church, the body of Christ. You have loved ones who have gone to be with the Lord. You're alive when the Lord comes. Paul said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. All of us, every member of the body of Christ isn't going to go through death. There is one group of people, one group of saints, that won't die. Who are they? Those are that are alive when the Lord shall come. So the mechanics of our exodus from planet Earth is very important for us to understand because the more you understand about it, the more the details you have about it, the more clearly it gives you hope. Have you ever noticed that when you go through a traumatic event, especially in association with the death of a loved one? Oh, my friend, when you, you go through the you experience the death of a loved one, I remember... When my dad went to be with the Lord, he lingered for months and months with a, with a debilitating illness, and finally he succumbed to it and he died. It wasn't, it wasn't something that just came upon us in a shocking way. We'd had many months to, to know it was going to happen, and yet the finality of it. And I remember going into the funeral home there and the, for, the, for the visitation, and there his body was laid in the casket, and 
I walked over and there laid my dad's body in that casket and it was just like you took a you took a fist and just punched me just hard as you could right in the solar plexus and I couldn't speak, I couldn't breathe, I had to go sit down. Just the and I sat there on the couch thinking, Isn't this strange? I know I, I know my dad's with the Lord. I know the, the, the hope, the blessed hope that we have in Christ, and yet the sorrow that grips you at the point of death and the loss of a loved one like that. And that's why Paul says in this passage, the last verse, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. It's understanding, reviewing in your mind, having an understanding of what goes on there. That's why we have visitations when people die. And what do you do? You talk. And you talk over life, and you talk over who the person was, and you, and you, and you renew the, the remembrances. And going over the details, even the details of, of uh, surrounding their death recently, when uh, with the uh, the attacks uh, in, in New York and, and Washington D.C. and the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania, it's been fascinating to listen uh, to the stories surrounding uh, some of the things that happened with people when they died, and you could see how their families were comforted by details about their activities connected with even their death. We listened, uh, I've listened to several of the testimonies uh, of people who've gotten phone calls from the airplane that crashed in Pennsylvania uh, that, on that uh, tragic Tuesday in September. And the, the heroic efforts that, that, that some of the passengers seem to have made to stop what was going on there. And it's been fascinating to listen to the, to the families gain comfort from that. You see, knowing the details gives some comfort. That's why there are all these details about the Lord's coming here, because the more of the details that you have, the more of the comfort that you have involved uh, from God about what God has provided for you in Christ. So listen to, listen to the issue of death and dying and resurrection. Behold, Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we, people that are alive when the Lord comes, shall be changed. So the dead in Christ rise first, then we which are alive and remain. We're caught up with them. We're changed. We get a resurrection body at that moment, too. For this corruptible, that is, people whose bodies have died and are corrupting in the grave, must put on incorruption this mortal now, that's a person who hasn't died yet. Mortal means to be subject to death, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, that's the two classes of people, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? There are some people that death never gets to take. O grave, where is thy victory? There are people in the grave that death can't hold. The sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that's that's the details. Paul said the dead in Christ shall rise first. By the way, when you have a loved one that dies and goes to be with the Lord, they haven't lost anything, they've gained an advantage. Sometimes you hear people wrongfully say, uh, I want to be, you know, I don't want to miss the rapture, I want to be alive when the Lord comes. Your, your departed loved ones don't miss the rapture. They get to go in the rapture first. They get to go in the resurrection first. I'm not, I don't know about you, but I never like to stand at the end of a line. <laughs> it's an advantage to be at the first of the line. Then we which are alive and remain should be caught up together with them. Notice there's a resurrection. 
where you get a glorified immortal body. Philippians chapter 3 says that that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and change our vile body. This body that humiliates us, that lets us down, that if we don't keep maintaining it, you know, you say, what do you mean a vile body? Well, don't don't take a shower for three or four days and see what happens. You know what happens. You'll be just like Lazarus after you've been dead for four days. And they said he stinks. <laughs> well, you'll be just like a dead man. You'll stink. You know that. You'll be... Uh, you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll be obviously someone who has a, a vile body. He's going to take this, this weak, failing, vile body that we live in, and he's going to fashion it like unto his glorious body. Wow. You're literally going to share in the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, Paul said, then shall we appear with him in glory. That's what the future holds in store for the believer. That's the good hope and consolation provided for us through His grace. Not only do we get that glorified body, Pastor Otis Watson used to say there'll be no more baldness, no more bifocals, no more bridge work, no more bulges, and no more bunions. (laughs) But even more than that, It's the fact that it's a body out of which and through which the glory of Jesus Christ is demonstrated and put on display. We're caught up together. That's the next thing. We're caught up together. There's a reunion. All the departed saints are gathered together, and the body of Christ is gathered together in one place. All of us in our resurrection bodies united with the head, and the body of Christ is completed. Then at that reunion... We're caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. When we go to meet the Lord, that's the time when we go to to the meeting in the air. That's where the judgment seat of Christ takes place. That is, your life in time now counts for eternity future. You know, Paul tells Timothy that, that godliness is profitable in all things, having the promise not only of the life that now is, but also of that which is to come. Godliness, that is, God-likeness. That is, the issue of, of thinking like God thinks, being intelligized and instructed by His Word, so that you then can do the things that God is doing, so that it can be God who not just lives in you, but works in you. Uh, his will and His work. God-likeness, being the vessel through whom God operates in the dispensation of grace. The way that, the way that is accomplished in your life is, is uh, all these wonderful phrases that Paul uses, being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the, uh, uh, having the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. It's all a, a description of the excellency of the power of God's Word working in you that believe. That's how God works in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure. Is through the, the mighty power, the excellency, the power of his word. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel, that the excellency, the power might be of God and not of us. And as we, as we experience in our inner man that edification that sound doctrine brings, Paul says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that we might receive that which is done in our body. Not done by our body, 
It isn't, oh, look how much I'm serving Jesus. It's what's done in my in me, in my inner man. You see, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, and our spiritual growth and edification isn't a physical flesh and blood edification and growth. It's not how many church buildings you can build or how many warm bodies you can put in cold pews or how many dollars you can put in a collection plate or how many notches you can put on your soul winning belt. No. It's how much edification, growth, maturity can take place in your inner man. Because, you see, all the other stuff you're going to leave behind. But the part of you that you take with you that's you forever is your inner man. And so there's this review that identifies the spiritual maturity level of every believer. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Then every man should have praise of God. Then God rewards us with a clear statement about our capacity for service, and then shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, when you're ever with the Lord, chapter 3, verse 13, has already told us in 1 Thessalonians that about, about the, the Lord Jesus Christ um, coming to God the Father. It talks about before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 takes place after the events in chapter 4, because in here, Jesus Christ comes to God the Father with all his saints. He's already got us, which he gets all the saints together at the resurrection, and then he takes us in to be presented to God the Father, where we, where we then receive our commission and job assignment for the ages to come. You know, my friend, as a member of the church, the body of Christ, you are, you, you, you're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God before ordained that you should walk in them. And those good works don't just extend to life now. They're not just what God's doing today. They're what he's going to do in the ages to come. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God is going to use you through all the ages of eternity as a trophy to the riches of his grace. That's why Paul would say, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. You know, my friend, right now, as you walk by faith in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you, as you get into God's Word, you rightly divide it, you come to understand who God has made you in Christ, what God is doing today as He forms the body of Christ, and you stand in and you rejoice in the riches of His grace to you, and you let it be Christ in you, the hope of glory. As you walk by faith in an intelligent understanding of God's Word for you, that edification is something that's going to have an impact in the ages to come, because that edification is what you take out there and God demonstrates the riches of the glory of His grace, the superabounding glory that is due to Him because of everything He's done for us in Christ. And we have a status commensurate with our inheritance as joint heirs of Jesus Christ. What a prospect, child of glory, doth the future hold in store. By the wildest flights of fancy, thou couldst never ask for more. Heir of God, joint heir forever with his own beloved Son. God, to you could not have promised more of bliss than he's done. Could I give you a free Bible study tape? It's entitled, The History of the Future. You know, the Bible is very clear about what, what the future holds in store for the believer, for the world, even for the unbeliever. 
This is not like Nostradamus and all that kind of stuff. This is this is truth. That, that Nostradamus stuff, that's just a bunch of uh, nitwittery. But this is the truth from the God of the Bible about what the future holds in store. You need to know the details of it, and you can by studying God's Word. I'd like to give you the free tape, the history of the future. And if you don't know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that you have eternal life as a present possession, you be sure. Write this phone number down and call and tell us that. If you have a desire just to know what the Bible says about it, we'd like to sit with you over an open Bible and share with you what God's Word says. Simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me here at the, at, at the Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. My friend, we also want you to know about Grace School of the Bible, because we have a, we have a rather uniquely designed three-year Bible Institute program available on an extension basis. Our school is, is unique in, in several ways. First, we, we follow the Pauline design for the edification of the believer in our curriculum. Rather, rather than patterning our curriculum after the standard systematic theologies that are uh, used by most Bible institutes and Bible schools and seminaries, we, we followed a clearly designed outline and pattern for edification that's found in Paul's epistles. And what that does is it allows students to grow to maturity uh, the Pauline way and, and to quickly be prepared for the ministry that the Lord has for them. Another, another uniqueness of, of Grace School of the Bible is that it's offered on an extension basis through the use of a video. In other words, we, we send the school to you rather than requiring you to come to us. And what that does is allows you to enjoy the regular sound Bible teaching and edification in the comfort and convenience of your own home and to fit it into your own scheduling demands and the, and the ministry that perhaps you already have where you are. If you are or you have ever desired to be a serious student of God's Word, why not call us today for a free catalog? That number again is 888-535-2300. And let me also say thanks to those who are helping us to keep this program on this station. This is uh, genuinely listener-supported radio. And I hope you're encouraged to know that there are folks in your area who love the Word of God rightly divided and who rejoice in the message of grace and the joy of the grace life. My friend, if you don't have a fellowship to attend this week, where the message of grace is taught from the rightly divided word and the grace life is clearly proclaimed, call me, and we'll put you in touch with a group in your area where you can find that fellowship and encouragement. Our number again is 888-535-2300. Or, of course, you can write me at any time at The Riches of Grace, Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. And friend, if you're still not sure of salvation, that your sins are forgiven, and that you have eternal life as a present possession, be sure to let us know, and we'll be happy to send you some gospel literature that will make the way plain. That number again is 888-535-2300. Thanks for joining us today, and until we meet again this same time and place next week, Maranatha. I want to live the blood of the world.
100 employers from around the area. It's the CFEC Job Fair, July 12th. All job seekers are welcome. That's Wednesday the 12th from noon to 4 at the Central Florida Fairgrounds Expo Halls off West Colonial. Free parking and admission. Dress interview ready and bring plenty of resumes. Get the details. Register today. Visit CFEC.org. Don't miss the job fair on July 12th. CFEC.org. Take the word with you wherever you go with our mobile app, thewordorlando.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com, AM 990, and FM 101.5. The Word. We are the NFHS. That stands for the National Federation of State High School Associations. But really, what we stand for, together with the FHSAA, are the 308,000 high school sports students in Florida. And so we stand. We stand for the runners, soccer, and basketball players. We stand for their coaches, administrators, and officials. We stand for the swimmers, football players, and wrestlers. We stand for the golfers, softball, and volleyball players. We stand as the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and all who participate in them and make them possible. Because it is our purpose to ensure that high school students get to play, perform, and compete together. To learn more about who we are and what we stand for, visit nfhs.org. All right, folks, let's get started. Parents, thanks for coming. As many of you know, I'm Coach Mather. Tonight I want to talk about the season, of which I only have one expectation, that everybody gets stronger. When I say get stronger, I'm not referring solely to physical strength. Sure, we'll be in the weight room, we'll be running stairs, but we're also going to focus on developing mental toughness and grit, because those are the characteristics that allow us to achieve greatness both on and off the court. So how do we develop those things? By getting comfortable with a challenge, by cultivating the confidence necessary to overcome adversity in all forms. That's why I coach. 
That's my purpose. Every member of this team can lean on me, and I'll teach them how they can lean on themselves and each other. This message presented by the FHSAA and the Florida Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at Interscholastic Athletic Events in Florida. This message presented by the FHSAA and the Florida Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. A bigger and stronger voice for God's Word is now here. 50,000 watts. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Portions of this broadcast hour are pre-recorded. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. 